Baseball Together Network presents the Seattle Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Julie Young. And now, Seattle Baseball Together. Welcome, baseball family, to this final episode of the 2022 season of the Seattle Baseball Together podcast. I am Brad, and as always, I'm joined by our guy, Jewel. Welcome, Jewel. How are you today? What is up, people? I'm recovered from a wild Halloween where I lost my voice for about a week because I was part of. I thought you were going to say you recovered from the postseason. I'm recovered from that as well. It was a spooky time. Um, It was quite spooky. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yep. But uh, baseball family, we want to get into this. We want to talk about the Mariners in the postseason for the first time in two decades. So very exciting. I love it so much. I still am just like. I'm still super optimistic about the way that the Mariners played uh, in the postseason. Um, first off, I mean, should we just get into this, Jewel? Just go straight in and talk about these series, the way things went? Absolutely. Let's just jump right in. I mean, we okay. only got two series to talk about. so That's right. Yeah. And I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm going to hold on to that. We'll get there. Okay. So first off, the Mariners, uh, they were one of the wild card teams. They had to go to Toronto. Uh, to play the Blue Jays in the wild card series, three game set, right? Best of three. And the Mariners took it in two, took it in two, came out, took care of business in game one. That was absolutely outstanding. Like I could not have been happier about the way things started and the way things went in game one of that series, Jewel. Like, I agree. Yeah. Those two games, the Toronto series, that was awesome. Like start to finish both games. They were just everything was perfect they They were so good right well that first game like one thing that i loved about it was that they they jumped out like right away right three runs in the first inning and that would have been enough to do it right there because luis castillo took care of business he shut him down one of the most potent offenses in major league baseball and he just he dominated him the entire time amazing Yeah, no, Luis Castillo was great. I mean, he showed why we paid him $100 million for the next five years. Yeah. Why we traded great prospects for him. And what a lot of people believe to be, like, gutting the farm system to get him, right? Yeah, and it actually looks like an absolute fleece at this point. Oh, totally, for sure. Yeah, and especially with, like, like I, I can almost guarantee you Guys like Marte are going to be at the big league level next year. We're going to see exactly how this deal plays out. Right? Exactly. It's, yeah. And it's going to Marte, be a quick payoff. It's a quick payoff, especially with what we gave up. I mean, the only name I remember we gave up is Marte at this point and um, Arroyo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we gave up some middle infielders, which is fine. But I mean, the depth, it paid off. I mean, maybe those guys are all stars, but they're never going to be World Series caliber players they're never going to be postseason gems to just guarantee you a one game right exactly win because that's something we saw with the astros just now is that and and brig and i have talked about this a ton on the big show over the last two weeks it's that the mayor not the mariners the astros let carlos correa go they didn't give him the money he wanted and everybody and it was kind of like oh my gosh what are they doing but then it's like well no they got jeremy pena exactly and that's where the Mariners are at, like we didn't need these high-end prospects who look good in minor league ball, but have yet to reach double A even mm-hmm. and are on a trajectory for 2023, 2024, assuming 
no one else has signed. But you get a you get a guy that can win you twenty ball games a year, give you two hundred plus innings, two hundred plus strikeouts, mm-hmm. guarantee you two wins in the postseason and more if given the opportunity. Like you have guaranteed mm-hmm. wins in the postseason, right. or you have the best shot as good as Justin Verlander or anyone else in the postseason for a win. Yeah, and that's the thing. That is the big thing I feel like with Castillo is that he didn't disappoint in the postseason. Like some guys let will really let you down. Like we saw Justin Verlander in the World Series in game one, right? Is game yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, but he bounced back in game two though. Well, yeah, he, he bounced second, back his in his next start. start, but still though, to after that start though, he had the highest ERA of any qualifying pitcher. Oh, yeah. Any pitcher was... with six starts in the World Series. And it was yeah. It's weird to think about that that guy was Justin Verlander. And the next and guy on that list like... is crazy as Clayton Kershaw in that same conversation. Right, exactly. And it doesn't look like Luis Castillo is going to be in that conversation at all because he's mm. going to be in the opposite end because the dude's nails. But Robbie Ray is, however. He's yeah. headed that direction. Yep. But Give him more opportunities in the postseason. He very well could be one of those guys. And I, just, I don't and I just don't think he was set up for success in that situation either. So I agree. I agree with you. Absolutely. It, well, I mean, let's let's go on to game two because that was the Robbie Ray game, right? It was the Robbie Ray game. Yeah, so he started game two, and it, it didn't start well. I mean, it certainly no. ended well, but but Robbie Ray, he gave up. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. He he gave up four runs. I, I thought he gave up five. Runs. He only gave up four. Okay. Um, but he, he did give up two home runs. But his ERA in that game was 12 because he only went three innings. Yeah, That's the problem. That was the problem. He didn't go deep at all. And that was why he got relegated to bullpen duties in the Houston series. Mm-hmm. The guy you're paying $100 million as a starter got relegated to bullpen duties to give r- rookie George Kirby the mm-hmm. start. Yeah. And second yeah. year, Logan Gilbert. Right. Over your $100 million player, Cy for reigning Cy Young winner. Yeah, that's not exactly like, what you want. Um, <sighs> so so the thing that went wrong in game two was Robbie Ray gave up four, and then Paul Seawald came in and gave up four more. Yeah, Seawald was rough. Yeah, he had a rough postseason for sure. But Diego Castillo, who is a, a guy who it's like, oh, what's he going to do when he comes in? He came in and pitched a third of an inning, got out of it. Matt Festa gave up one run, which is fine. Just fine. Given the circumstances. Yeah. Penn Murphy shut him down. Munoz came in and gave up a home run. Kirby gave up a, uh, or and sorry, Munoz, that's a strikeout. That's a Munoz was <laughs> tired. Munoz was tired. He was, that, but, that series. but he didn't. He didn't give up a home run. He pitched one inning and he yeah. did what he was supposed to. He got out of it mm-hmm. and then Kirby did the same thing. Kirby closed it out. The Mariners ended up winning that one. Kirby was absolute ice cold. He looked in, so calm. He is just so calm. Like, he's like, just so relaxed all the time. Like, I think it just goes back to when they brought him up. Like, he started on Mother's Day, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. your first big league starts on Mother's Day in May. Like, it was just that kid. Yeah. It, he's, I don't know, we'll get there. But he's gonna he's got a bright future in Seattle for sure. But so the Mariners mm-hmm. ended up winning that one 10-9, came back. Huge, huge deal. That down, comeback was incredible. Down eight to one after five innings. That was amazing. And I I have to apologize to you directly, Jewel, on the air for it's <laughs> okay. I, I heard it on baseball. I heard it on the big Did show. Did you hear it on the big show? show. Okay, yeah. Raz, yeah, no, I, I was razzing on Jewel on the big show about not holding position and then wanting to turn the game on. <laughs> but I I Jewel, I spent the last four innings like this. Oh, it was rough. It was rough. It was so rough. I don't but remember the thing what I was, was doing. 
the reason I did that was because they scored four innings with or four runs in one inning with me like this. So I was like, I can't move. I have to hold position. <laughs> right? No, it was rough. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> so then we on from Toronto, we move on to Houston. Yeah, and talk and about rough, man. <laughs> that was rough. Jordan Alvarez, he pretty much had three hits in the postseason. Yeah, he yeah. The he, entire postseason for the Astros. Jordan Alvarez. He had five total hits, I believe. And but he had three. Did he? Well, he had three meaningful hits. Those That's were his sure. only hits that mattered. Yeah, because he had a first inning double against the Phillies, and I think that was it. I don't think he did anything against he the Yankees. He did nothing. He did nothing against the Yankees. He was mm-hmm. he had those two game winners against the Mariners. Yeah. And that was it. He, yep. That was it. And one of them mm-hmm. was against the Robbie Ray decision, which I don't let's I talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that for just it, a minute because but it made it made sense. From a baseball move, it made sense. Lefty on lefty. But it's well, also a guy so this that is Jordan the thing. has seen. So this is the thing with it is that like Robbie Ray's numbers against lefties are dominant. He's incredibly dominant against, left, yeah. against lefties. So I can see Service and J- and uh, Depoto being like, "Hey, sense. this is our guy. He does well against lefties. We're going to believe in him. We're going to go with him." But I f- I, at what point do you look at the batter's reverse splits, right? Because mm-hmm. he was batting over three hundred against lefties. Granted, he only had 10 home runs, 10 of his, what, 36, 37 home runs were Mm -hmm. against lefties. But at the same time, though, like he's a power hitter and that's a third of it. Exactly. It's a big deal. But then again, the only other guy that people were saying on social media they should have turned to was Eric Swanson. But Swanson going into the postseason had a five plus ERA. Swanson had been good lately, though, is the thing. He had been better lately, but he wasn't used at all. So, right. He was super fresh. He was yeah. a guy that should have been used. Well, and th- and this is the other thing too. This is the other thing too is that so Robbie Ray doesn't give doesn't give up home runs to lefties, and Jordan Alvarez has not hit nearly as many home runs against lefties no. as he has righties. So mm-hmm. I can see. So this is this is the one saving grace for me is that Ray's going to keep him in the yard because that's all he's got to do. Yeah, one out. We need to keep him in the yard. And it, it made sense. It made sense. Like if you're just looking at it on a baseball perspective. Taking out of it mm-hmm. numbers, you take the analytics. It was an analytic. It was the right move. It was the right, right move. Yeah. Situationally, I felt like it, it made sense. The result did suck the because Ray did not get his fastball up enough. Mm-mm. That was the problem. Is that it was? I think it was. It was his four seamer. It wasn't his two seamer. Yeah, if it had been his two seamer, it, it might have stayed in. Might have been able to mm-hmm. get the out and get the win. But yeah, and I, I don't want to say that that ruined the series, but I was deflated for sure after that because i was like that was the best chance we had to get a win yeah and that was then, the absolute best shot yeah and we needed that win and then we came back to seattle for a game because it was a five game set and we played two games <laughs> right we, we got four games. games in a three game series we got four games in a four game <laughs> series we went 18 innings in game three and that game was incredible like the pitching the mariners the bullpen the defense everything Everything like about that perfect. game was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Both ways. That was one of the most exciting games I've ever watched in my entire life. It was. And it came down to a Jeremy Pena solo home run in which, the 18th inning. Which happens. I mean, it's. It's going to. It's. It was. Somebody was going to break eventually. And this is the thing too, Jewel. Think about this. Jordan Alvarez, after being just the backbreaker, obviously in game one with the walk-off, he was mm-hmm. the one who he hit. What was it? A two-run 
two run double in game yeah. two, and mm-hmm. then he hit a home run again in game in game two. Mm-hmm. So he was he was the crux. He was, he was the problem for the Mariners. He went all for seven, all yeah. for seven in game three, and that was mm-hmm. a huge deal. That was a big deal. And then it was just Pena just got the pitch and had enough juice to get it. Oh, just barely. Just it wasn't a big out. home run. It, wasn't it was a... like first row out on the center field porch. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, deep. It, it no, was, it wasn't. It was a heartbreaker, but it was. You know, then that was enough. The Mariners couldn't come back, even though they had the best chance. They had the best part of their lineup up there to do it. Yep. The next inning, they had Julio. They had Mitch. They had. They had the guys. They had the right guys coming up. Yeah, it Fran, was. It, it was, was one, Fran, two, three. Julio, Mitch. Yeah, it was one, two, three going into the into the bottom of the eighteenth, and they just couldn't couldn't get it done. It's and you know, what? I mostly honestly chalked that up. I don't want to. I don't want to make an excuse, but I feel like the youth of this team really showed through in that series because a lot of those guys for the Astros, Jeremy Pena aside, have a lot of postseason experience. The, I, I mean, mean, the Astros have been in the ALCS the last six years. Yeah, and we <laughs> talked about that back in. I want to say we talked about that in September. Yeah. Where I mentioned it was if we play the Astros, we have no chance because those guys know how to take care of themselves just differently mm-hmm. for the October, the deep October run. They know how to take care of themselves to play 190 games. Yep, exactly. And that matters. Yeah. That really matters. And I think that the Mariners have learned how to. I think this young group has learned how to. And that's why, Jewel, my prediction at the beginning of the season was the Mariners will make the postseason this year, will not make this World Series, but next year is the year. Yeah, because I think that everyone now knows what they need to do differently, like where they need to change their diets during the year. The training staff knows what to do differently now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because everyone knows like what it takes. Like They found out, okay, we need to train Julio like this, or we need to give Julio a day off here. We need to rest Gino here. We need to rest you know, France here. We need to not rush Ty France back next year if we have someone here. <laughs> like, yeah, We need yep. to use the depth here and here because we can lose. We can afford to lose here and here kind of thing so i think it's all been captured it's learned and i agree with you i think next year is it 2023 is it's on i absolutely agree there's no there's no exception there's no it's it's alcs minimum at this point minimum minimum alcs next year i i still think that they they have what it takes to win the world series this group this group could have caught fire because if they had caught fire like the phillies did the phillies i was giving the phillies no shot going into the playoffs no, they were, i had no they looked like the they phillies. were trying to miss the playoffs and then they come in they blow out the mets they blow out the braves mm-hmm. they take down the padres which is which i didn't which you can see happening because that's someone that they see so often both those teams they have so much film on them. The hitters have seen these pitchers right, all yeah, year long. Right, yeah, they do. But at the same time, the other way around too, though. Yeah. And the Mets were the best team in the NL East for 98% of the season. The mm-hmm. Braves were playing better than anybody in baseball since like June, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then granted the Padres, I don't know how I honestly could not tell you how the Padres got there. I don't I was I don't know how they got there that. either. That was weird. Yeah, because they looked like they were trying to miss the playoffs too. They should have, <laughs> honestly. But but yeah, so the Phillies got to the World Series and they and they played the Astros well. The Astros blew out the Yankees. They weren't even competitive. And this the is Yankees. the thing: this, I wanted hmm. to I wanted to talk about how the Astros played their other opponents in the postseason after the Mariners because I so. Baseball family, I want to do this quick disclaimer. Joel and I talked about this before, but I do not believe in the transitive property in sports, which means that if A is better than B, 
or if A is greater than B and B is greater than C, therefore A is greater than C. I do not fully believe in that in sports because of matchups, right? But at the same time, you get into the postseason. Yes, you have your matchups, but everybody's equally rested and equally vested, except for the Yankees for some reason because they get those rainouts. Okay. Like, I'm not even making excuses, but it was a real thing. And the roof (laughs) roof was open. open. (laughs) I'm not even going to go there with that. (sighs) But at the same time, though, the Yankees did not show up in the ALCS. Judge didn't show up. No. No one showed up. Nobody did. Anthony Rizzo showed up, and that was about it. Which is expected because that's like the dude. He's the dude, exactly. That's the dude you The dude abides in the ALCS. But I do think, though, that. Um, I don't know. Like, I was shocked that the Yankees just rolled over. It felt like yeah, in that that's series. All the, so yeah, then they, they did. go. So then I was feeling pretty good about the Mariners after that. Honestly, with how I was competitive too. they played them. Just, Granted, they got swept, but in those three games, they were very, very competitive. They were one-run games. So. Yeah, I mean, game two was four to, was four to two, but it was very much a one-run game most of the time. The Mariners had a solid. Yeah, outside of that, outside of that two-run homer. There was nothing. It yeah. was the those games mm-hmm. were winnable games. And that's they one of the things we talked about way. too, is that if the Mariners could keep the Astros in the yard, keep them from hitting home runs, because that's how the Astros win, they would have mm-hmm. won it, and they would have absolutely. They would have taken that entire. They'd have taken the series, but it was timely just, home runs. It's just timely home runs, just like I and mean, we saw it in Game Six of the World Series. You're exactly timely home run, and that's all exactly that's what right. baseball comes down to. It comes down yeah. to timely, timely home runs from your best guys. The whole, you know, you get out of three wins, you get from your star or four wins, you get two from your stars and two from your supporting cast or however mm-hmm. that works yeah. out your, your math there. I'm not doing yeah. you justice. I think right it's now. the two. I think it's two, one, one is what they say in basketball. Two, two one, from your one. star, one from your role player and one from your bench player. And it, exactly. it kind of works the same way in baseball too. Like you get, you get two from your stars, one from a starting pitcher, one from a star on the, mm-hmm. on the, in the lineup. And then you've got your. You've got a role player who's going to come through, and then you've got a guy who's unexpected, like Martin Maldonado. Leaning into pitches. Leaning into a pitch. I don't think he leaned into it. I think he was just crowding the plate, honestly. But anyway, so the way that the Astros played the Phillies, though, I was actually pretty happy with that as well because, granted, the Phillies got two wins, but one of them was because Lance McCullough was obviously tipping his pitches. Yeah. 1,000%. That's mm-hmm. what was going on there. Uh, there was that, and then they jumped on a Justin Verlander, uh, the night where Justin Verlander had one of his World Series outings. Yeah, and outside of that, the Astros played rebounded and played really good baseball after that. So they no hit them in game four. They, they no hit them. They combined <laughs> no hit them. And I think where the Phillies messed up was they took Zach Wheeler around in that jam last night. Yeah. They should have kept him in. 68 pitches, your best pitcher. He's still throwing 98. He's still locating. Yeah. He still looks great. It's game six. Like they went lefty lefty on Alvarez. That was did, the issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. That was the problem. Yeah, I did three takeaways on TikTok after. I was like, you don't go lefty-lefty on the order on Alvarez. You just don't do it. It's not going to happen. You should learn You're not going to get the result. I saw your TikTok. I was like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> they Agreed. didn't learn anything from Robbie Ray and the Mariners. No. But but I any, anyway, my big takeaway from the postseason is that I am very encouraged with the Mariners, the direction they're heading, the way that they played in the postseason, because I was shocked that this team uh, was like that ready for postseason play. Right. It, yeah, they, they showed I, like up. Sometimes I wonder if it's like there's a little bit of willful, willful ignorance in there that it's like, is it a big moment? Let's just go out and play the game. Right. And like but, everyone, everyone played really well defensively. Everyone played sound, good defense. Mm-hmm. Like there's very little mistakes. Pitching was great outside of three pitches. 
literally three pitches. You're exactly right. You're I'll exactly right. And three, and I didn't feel bad. Didn't. I didn't feel bad about the offense getting shut down in game three either against the Astros mm-hmm. because the Astros offense was shut down. And it's and it's Dusty Baker. Like Dusty Baker is a great manager. He's played the Mariners plenty of times. He's smart. He's savvy. He's been around a long time. He knows how to win and win. And all he does in his entire managerial career is win, 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 win. And it's it, it, we just got out that World Series. He finally got it. And we just got yeah. outmanaged. We just got yeah. outmanaged. So here's to hoping. Yeah. Here's to Dusty Baker. Here's to Trey Mancini. Congrats to those two on the World Series, honestly. Yeah, um, I hope Dusty Baker re- retires. <laughs> now that, that he's got it, goes out, go out on top so yeah. someone else can come in and take over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and here's nothing. hoping to a sophomore slump for Jeremy Pena. Yes. <laughs> and it scares me. The other thing that was, for the Astros, this last takeaway here was. Altuve was quiet. All he didn't get a hit until the World Series. Didn't get, and it yeah. was like Game Three or Four, something like that. He was like and over. And then 100. they won. They and then they won. Yeah. And then they won. Yeah. The Astros go as Altuve goes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Next year we'll see a difference because I bet I bet you Pena's lead in lead leadoff spot next year. I'm sure he will be. You've got to put him in leadoff. It. You have to put him. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Astros next year. But hey, let's get into the Mariners off season. Uh, before we get too long here. So we have a few things. Let's talk some injuries first because there was a lot. This team was beat up. That was I think that was part of the reason that they that things really just came to a grinding halt there at the mm. end. Jesse Winker wasn't even on the postseason roster because he had to have knee and neck surgery this offseason. We'll get into him in just a minute. Cal Raleigh had a torn UCL in his left thumb. That's been he'd been dealing with that since the beginning of Baller. 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 The dude still hit home runs with it. Uh, the dude. fact that he was even out there with that catching Mm-hmm. He has got he's got to have like so much respect in that clubhouse for playing through that because that is he, amazing. Sorry, JP. Cal is the captain now. <laughs> Cal is the captain. Cal is the captain. The dumper now. is the captain. Big dumper's the um, captain now. Julio Rodriguez. He had that lingering back issue. I saw him with like a heat pad in between innings at one point, or uh, when when the Mariners were in the dugout. Yeah, he was uh, giving treatment in between in innings. Toronto. Yes, and then he also had a broken left pinky that he played through. It's a similar injury to what Gino Suarez dealt with, but um, mm-hmm. but I guess it wasn't as severe or was on a finger that he was able to play through. So there's that. Um, Andres Munoz had to have foot surgery. Um, Ham Swaggerty, also known as Sam Haggerty, had a left gro- groin strain that actually kept him off the postseason roster. Casey Sadler is coming back from a shoulder injury. Tom Murphy coming back from a shoulder injury. Ty France is a big question mark here because – Jewel and I have talked about this a lot at length. We believe his elbow is still bothering him, and that's why he was not able to hit. It had to be. He was just not the same. The second after that injury, he just wasn't the same. He wasn't All Star Ty France. He wasn't getting on base. He wasn't hitting the gaps. Mm-hmm. He had exit velo was down. Everything was down. Right. It was just everything. It was hard watching him because it's like this. There's something wrong. And you this is the thing. So. When you're playing through an injury, like with your arms, like I played through a shoulder injury when I was 16 and I didn't want to swing the bat. I was up there trying to look for walks. And if I did swing, I oh, wasn't yeah. swinging very hard. When I hurt my elbow the first time, I I pitched through it. It hurt. I didn't, I couldn't, like oh, yeah. at the end of games, I could not move my arm. I believe it. And, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you got Bryce Harper playing with a UCL tear still. He, that dude's going to need Tommy John if he's ever going to play in the outfield again. But, I, I feel like though, I, because Ty France doesn't have a UCL injury, mm-hmm. like he he doesn't need Tommy John. I feel like it's more of a, a long term strain on his elbow, and that's the problem. Is that it's just yeah. like 
almost like tennis elbow, playing through tennis elbow, and it it's sucks. It's just going to be a lot of management. It's going to be some a lot of treatment this offseason, a lot of treatment next spring. It's just going to be treatment and managing him. Yeah, to get him ready. And he'll be ready for spring training. I'm not worried about that at all. But that's going to be uh, something to look for going into this offseason or while we're in the offseason is Ty France yeah. and his elbow. And um, another major injury. Back up there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See what moves they make at first base. Another major injury is Kyle Lewis. I'm curious to see if he can come back. Because like I am too. Because I would love, I would love Kyle Lewis to come back. I would love for a healthy Kyle Lewis to come back and say bye, Even Jesse. Even as a full time DH. Even as a full time DH, I take. I would it. love him. I would love it at DH. Even part time mm-hmm. DH. I would just love him being back on the field in that clubhouse because he was so like integral in 2020 and 2021 because he was just there, like. People he inspires people just because of all the adversity he's been through. Uh, and he can he can ball. Just let him hit. When he's when he's healthy, when even at like a like 75, 80%, that dude hits better than most guys in the league. Yeah, he's so talented and it's just he's a great yeah. hitter and and he would be so great to have in in the lineup. Um, just as just as another uh, as another bat, like I said, I would take him. Um, I would absolutely take him as a full time DH. He doesn't have to set foot in the outfield ever. Have him as a full time DH. I don't. I don't think he should set foot in the outfield ever again. I think he should DH and take the Trey Mancini route. Go from an outfielder, oh. some injuries, first base, to first base, and back up, back up Ty France. There he's you go. Enough. He's huge. He is. He's six three. He's six huge. three six four. He's a big dude. Ty France is 5'11". Yeah. Yeah. Ty France is probably the smallest first baseman in the league. Yeah. (laughs) And Kyle Lewis is 6'4". Like, no one's going to miss Kyle Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think that's a great idea. Sense. I mean, if what's his name from Moneyball, that first baseman converted dude can do it. Oh, uh, Scott Hattieberg. Yeah. If Hattieberg (laughs) can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Plus we have, we have Perry Hill. Exactly. Perry Hill can teach anybody to play first base. Uh, and then our last our last injury on the list is we have a question mark next to J.P. Crawford. Is there something ailing J.P. Crawford? It felt like there was something for a lot of the season that like I don't I, I don't know if it was a limp because there was there were stretches where he would just commit errors in bunches. Yeah, and, there and I thought and I thought it was great. Yes, exactly. I thought that those the times that he committed errors in bunches, I thought it was because there was something that was like flaring up. You know, like maybe it was like a hip yeah. or an ankle, knee mm-hmm. or something. You know? There's something lower body that was going on with him. He probably just played through it. It wasn't enough to classify it as an injury. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. beginning of the season, he was Daddy JP. Come May, he was... Well, he went from like June till September without hitting even a home run. And I know that JP's not a home run guy. But, but that's how his offensive production dropped off. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm all for keeping JP around. I really like the guy. I think he's a great emotional leader on that team too. Like he and Cal Raleigh, man, they've got that team. And they are committed. The team's committed to JP Crawford. Exactly. But they did yes. say they are willing to. They're going to talk to him. I'm pretty sure I saw something from Depoto saying we're going to look at yeah, free agent shortstops who are willing to play. He doesn't base. have, he doesn't have um, the same endorsement at shortstop that he had going into last offseason, which was JP is our shortstop. 
Yeah. Right. JP is now I now I think the tone is JP is our shortstop right now. Mm-hmm. And if we have somebody who and I, I obviously he wouldn't say this, but basically if we have somebody better who's willing to come in and play shorts and doesn't want to play second base, we'll bring him in. We'll move JP over because second yeah. base is still a hole because Adam yeah. Frazier is a free agent. I think JP would be a great second baseman. I think he would probably be a better second baseman than he would be a shortstop. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I Just depending on who, depending on who that shortstop is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause not all the free agent shortstops can play a great shortstop to the level of JP that JP can. Yeah. JP's a gold glover. He's got that to his name. He always will. Yeah. So let's talk about Jesse Winker. Let's go back to him real quick. So like I talked about, uh, he ended the season with a knee injury and a neck injury. And I felt like a lot of people were like really sympathetic. Like, oh my gosh, he was playing through that stuff. No wonder he was so bad out in left field. Like, like there were times that you could see him. He couldn't turn a certain way. Couldn't turn his head to the side. Yeah. No, it was bad. And he wasn't leaning down for routine ground balls in left field. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it had to do with neck and knee, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there was a lot of sympathy towards him with that. But then there was the whole thing about how guys are like, well, you know, Mitch Hanniger Work works really hard. Jess, Jesse Winker doesn't Winker so much. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Divish. Was it, was it Ryan Divish? It was Div, uh, yeah. Tweeted that. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And he said that that really wore, wore thin with guys. And they're like, oh, you know, not too sure about that. But I mean, what that did sense. you find out recently, Jewel, about Jesse Winker? So if you're on the Mariners Twitter sphere, there was some interesting stuff that Jesse Winker did during the World Series or pretty close during the World Series. Let's just say that. But he suddenly deleted his Twitter. Which is a big deal, I think, for him because he's a big social media guy. Yeah, for athletes, that's a huge deal. But then on his Instagram, he removed everything Mariners. But he also unfollowed all his teammates staff anyone affiliated with the team he unfollowed everybody which is which in 2022 that's a big deal if an athlete does that to his team right we yeah, all kind of laughed when kelnick did it because it's like okay jared calm down <laughs> well nobody. i think he brought it all back didn't he during the postseason he did yeah he brought it all back and <laughs> yeah. like, he's like okay cool whatever i'm fine yeah it's fine it's fine i went to, i went but... to my room i'm fine yeah, cooled down. It's it's all good. But no, I feel like it's a big deal with Jesse Winker because he is not he's not leveraging this as a free agent or in a contract negotiation. No, he has no leverage. Contract negotiation because exactly because he just got a new contract. They just bought out his arbitration. So if Which this is, is him deal. demanding a trade, this is a really big deal and could actually be quite beneficial for the Mariners because even if they have they somebody buy, buy out his contract, yes, exactly. Addition, it would be addition by subtraction. It would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, because then up. there's no question about when Sam Haggerty's playing left field. But it also opens up the path for, because I think you have to give Kelnick next year. You have to. You have to. Yeah. I feel like the next you have to give Kelnick next year, and you have to run him out there 145 times, and you have to just let him figure it out. You have to let him fail. You have to. This let is the, him... this is the thing with that though. This is the only issue I have with that is I do want to I do want to give him a chance to figure it out. Is but they've given him the chance to figure it out. But they've sent him right? down. He figures it out in the minor leagues. He can't go down to the minor leagues anymore because because we talked about this. He's talked, out of options. He's out of options, but he's also there's nothing for him to do in the minor leagues. Right. 
Yeah, there's nothing left for him to do in the minor leagues. But some guys just learn. can't figure out big league pitching, though, is the thing. It's like, yeah, let him go out there and try to figure it out. But what if you've got this black hole in the lineup that's Martin Maldonado-esque for this team that's on pace to win, say, 95 games and compete in the division? But you've got this black hole in the middle or bottom of your lineup when you could bring in a guy like Sam Haggerty, who, yes, he went on, on a hot streak this year, but he earned yeah. himself a spot because he found his identity on the team. Jared Kelnick is still trying to find his identity on the team because he is trying to find his spot on a big league roster. I know, but you're Sam Haggerty is the only other person on the 40 man currently that can even bring a comparable glove and arm to Jared Kelnick in the outfield and plus and speed and that's huge and that's a huge. majorly plus OPS. Yeah. There's not many other guys. There's no one else on this 40 man roster that can play the outfield as well as Jared Kelnick other than Julio. Right. Like he's the best. He's the second best outfielder on the 40 man right. roster today. But the problem, the problem though that I have with, with him right now, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I want him to fail. I want him to go away. No, I would love for Jared Kelnick to succeed. Absolutely. I want him to succeed. He's 23. He's 23 years old. The problem that I have is that outfield is an offense first position. Yeah. Unless you have a, and even some teams will take the bite the bullet in center field for a defensive center fielder, but we have both. And who not usually them? though, not usually though, because you think about so Chipper Jones moved to the outfield later in his career. Usually mm-hmm. guys move in, move to first base, right? Mm-hmm. But Chipper Not Jones move moved to left field. He moved out because he was still an offensive guy they wanted on their roster. Mm-hmm. But they had somebody better at third base at that point. You can kind of hide him in the outfield a little bit, kind of like how the Mariners hit Jesse Winker in left field. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And... But you want the offensive production because it's an offense first position. And I and yeah. that's that's the problem that Jared Kelnick has right yeah. now with this roster. Is there are guys who are better offensively, but minus defensively, that they can make up for themselves. They can still not it's, be yeah, a and negative it sucks run saved. Because he's so good offensive defensively. I mean, he's so good in the outfield. He has such a good arm. He plays such a good outfield. Oh, and he's he left handed, so he's position. really limited. Yeah, that's one of the I mean, things hard too, is that he's yeah, limited to the outfield him. pitching, catch or pitching and first base. Sorry, not catching, yeah. outfield pitching and first base is all. So it's not like you can much, move him. Yeah, he has too much speed to play first. Oh, so, yeah, way too much speed. He's to be a, a way that's wastes him, and so it, I mean, you hope spring, and it's hard because Jared Kelnick will kill spring training because he's going against minor league pitching. He kills minor league yeah, pitching. He's a he's a spring training all-star for sure. Yeah, and it's, he's and he's a triple A. He's a 4A all-star. I'll give him that. He's a 4A all-star. I would yeah. love for him to be a big league all-star. So it's, and that's yeah. what I want to see from him next year. And I want is, yeah, I want that next step. I want tough. Kelnick just to I want them to give him the confidence and you're our left fielder. You're I think they've given field. that. I think they've told him that though is the problem but then he i think he just gets so much in his head i that and i think honestly the best way for him to sort this out is to meet with a mental coach during the offseason because i I think think that he's just so in his head at the plate that that's the problem and i think they they have to i think they have to keep him up with that coaching because maybe it's just an age Mm -hmm. maybe it's a maturity thing i mean he's 23 I think about where I was at 23. I definitely wasn't mature enough to be making millions of dollars playing in the big leagues (laughs) not everyone's julio rodriguez that can handle it right you know, yeah, yep. Like you look at Haggerty, he's twenty eight. You look at Demo, he's thirty. 
Like that's yeah. why you see these guys take it on the take it on the chin when they fail. He's twenty three, yeah. like, and he's been such a high end prospect for seven years. Well, and that's a, that's one thing I talked about before is that he. I feel like he's a guy who baseball has come easily to him all the way through AAA. Mm-hmm. He's never had to adjust because he was good enough. He worked, and I'm not saying he doesn't work, but he worked hard enough to make himself better physically, mentally, to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But he's never seen failure. I don't think he's ever seen failure like he does at the big league mm-hmm. level. It's, that's never. hard. And that's because why he, that's... speaking from experience, my natural ability got me to high school baseball. And then when I started failing, I had no idea what to do. Same. Yeah. No, I got you. No clue. And that's where he's at. And he, I think, I think I mentioned that early last, this last season in like May or June that he just needs that mental support. You've mm-hmm. got to give it to him. If you want if you want him to succeed and you want that arm, that defense, and the potential of that bat in your lineup, you have to provide that mental support as a team. Even though it sucks, yep. you have might you have to cater to him a little bit more. If it gets you the results you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, let's play a little game. Let's move on from Jared Kelnick because I don't yes. want to go too long here. Um, let's play a little game here with free agents. With, like this it. is these are the Mariners free agents. We're gonna play oh. sign them or send them. Okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go down the list of Mariners free agents and we're gonna decide whether we want to re-sign these guys and bring them back or send them off and let them go contribute on another team. Let's start with Boyd, Matthew Boyd, right? Matt Boyd. Yep, I'll take I. Oh, you go first with Matthew Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with sending him, honestly. Like he was fine. Too. He was a good little fill-in, but I, I'm sure he would want to be back because he grew up a Mariners fan. But if he's not going to come back on a team-friendly deal, you got to send him. And you I think he will. I don't think anyone wants a. How old is he? Thirty. Two, like what, something like that. Thirty-two. I know he's younger than me, but not by much. Yeah, no one wants a thirty-two-year-old lefty who's coming off an injury, pitching a limited role. Yeah, he did really well in that limited role in twelve point one innings. You know, one point three five ERA. (laughs) He did. He did do well, but but I feel like there are guys you can bring in for cheaper than than him. Yeah, it would be fine. So So. yeah, I'll let him go unless he comes back in a limited role because. I mean, lefties are hard to come by. Right. Okay. Let's go, Kurt Casali. Uh, send him or send him. Send him or send him. You send him. You got to send him. You got to send him. He's an offensive liability. Yeah, and you have. He's fine defensively to fill in, but Tom Murphy's coming back. Tom Murphy is a way better backup, which I never thought I would ever say. Yeah, and you got you still got Luis Torrens and Brian O'Kefe, so on the forty. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got to send Casale. Okay, let's go. Let's kind of work our way up to the big fish here. Let's go, Carlos Santana. Send him or sign him. Sorry, sign him. One year. Him. One year. Ten to ten to twelve. I'd say one year eight. One year eight to. You got one year eight. You got to sign him. You have to. I'd say you you have to sign, sign him. him. You have to. His presence in that clubhouse is worth that much money alone. Having him and in there because he was a major positive. Uh, and if you're managing, if you manage Ty France, then you have to keep Evan White on your roster. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're transitioning someone, I mean, you also, I mean, you still do have Demo who can play first. But right, but 
But either way, though, Santana, all, all Santana did all year long was hit clutch home runs. Yeah, and he was great. I mean, he I wouldn't hate it, it if amazing. it was Evan White because, I mean, he's a goal clover. He's a goal glove first baseman. Right, he is, and that's fine. But I think you got to bring back Santana. Veteran yeah. presence in the clubhouse. Julio Rodriguez loves him. That's enough for me. To want I to think that's enough back. for the Mariners. That's enough for the Mariners. I think it is too. Yeah, it's your franchise cornerstone for the rest of time. Wants this guy back, you bring him back. Yeah, okay, let's move on to Adam Frazier, second baseman Adam Frazier. Are you going to sign him or send him? I'm sending him. And I say that so, because I think there's, and we talked about this last month, I think that we have enough options coming in the pipe that can provide enough. They could basically replace Frazier for what he was this year. They can. They can They can give you exactly what Frazier gave you, maybe a little bit more because they're a little bit unknown, more energy. Well, th- and this is the thing that I always talked about with Frazier. Is that his lows are so low, but his highs are so high that I'm high, I'm willing to take those lows. Um, yeah. Because he goes, like he seems like, it feels like when he's hot, the dude is just getting on base. That's all he's doing and driving in runs. And it's yeah. amazing. It's awesome. It's fun to watch. But man, his lows are just a black hole in the lineup, and it is and so frustrating. I feel like you so send him good. though. Then the reason you send him is because there are better options on the free agent market. Granted, they're going to be way more expensive than bringing him back, but they're but more I think, worth. I think they're way you, worth it. I think you send him just because you can upgrade. Yeah, you can be almost certain you're going to upgrade this offseason. Yeah, even so, in, even if it's why. an in-house upgrade. Yep. All right, here's the big fish right here. The big question mark from all season long: Mitch Haniger, do you sign him or do you send him? With how it looks right now on the 40, these are the outfielders. Haggerty, Kelnick, Lewis, Moore, Rodriguez, Alberto Rodriguez, who hasn't played above double A, Taylor Trammell, and Jesse Winker. Three-year, $45 million. I've been saying it all along. Three-year, $45 million, Three-year, 45 to $60 million. I mean, that's probably what you're going to have to pay. because, But the Mariners aren't going to bid against themselves. We know that. Because they haven't right. done the deal yet, so they're not going to bet against themselves. Yeah, um, and we have so many outfielders in the system. I know that's the thing, but nobody. This is the problem, is that we talked about this last year before the season started. Is the outfield was so deep? How do you figure this out? But I feel like things have sorted themselves out they this have. season. They have, and I think I think you've got to bring back Haniger. Think you have to because there's not a better option in for a right fielder, right? There's just not because I mean, Kyle Lewis can't play outfield judge. anymore. It seems um, we don't want Jesse Winker anymore. Jared Kelnick is still a question mark. We've got Haggerty, but we'd rather have Dylan Moore as your utility. Mm-hmm. So I would I would bring back Mitch Haniger despite the injuries. Despite the injuries, I'd bring. But back you know Mitch, what you Mitch get Haniger. if he's healthy. You know you get. I know. Except for this last, last September, man, swinging at everything out of the zone. Geez, sliders. Everything. He was just he was too ready to contribute. <laughs> I think so. Just too eager. He wanted, he wanted it too to, bad. He was wanting to hit. He's wanting to hit grand slams with nobody on base. Mm-hmm. But no, I I agree though. I think you got to bring him yeah, back. Yeah, I think you bring him back. I. You have to. You almost have to just because of everything mm-hmm. he means to this team, the impact he's had. I mean, and, he, and Mariners, he's one of the captains. And he's the Mariners have messed this up. Depoto, not Depoto, per se. Depoto's done it right. He did it right by Felix. You know, he's he's done it right mm-hmm. by these guys. And 
because Capoto's classy. He's a man of class. And well, I have heard that players don't like playing for him. I mean, he got you a world. I, he got you a playoff team. So I mean, I know I understand that, but for some reason, I I hear that guys don't like to play for him. I don't know what it is. Probably because um, I don't know if it's traded. Whenever that might be part of it. <laughs> Why that do you think literally every but new also, contract has a trade clause in it? Yeah, I think that also some of it might be though that I think he puts up a wall between the front office and the clubhouse. Yeah, I think so too. And then he just lets service manage the clubhouse. But I mean, that's almost okay. So far, it's worked. It's worked. Yeah, but worked. Anyway, so. all right. So there's your send number. Sign them or send them. That's maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll play that game more next year. We'll see. Okay, let's talk about free agent targets then. So if we're gonna let Frazier walk, we're gonna let Casali walk. We've already talked about replacing him with Tom Murphy because he's coming back. We're gonna let Matt Boyd walk. How do we fill in these holes? Top free agent targets. We've got Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Andrew Benintendi, Trey Mancini. Those four guys have said that Seattle is considered a top destination. Of those four, who would you want the Mariners to sign? Let's start with these four in, in a chunk. Swanson, Mancini. Swanson and Mancini. Okay. I am not super on board with the Mancini thing just because he he I, I understand like he's adding depth, but he's just getting more down the depth chart. If I'm gonna bring in a free agent, I'm gonna want somebody who's gonna contribute more towards the top of the depth chart. Yeah. Right? No, I, I so agree. of those four, I would probably say Swanson and Benintendi. I know Benintendi pretty much disappeared when he was in New York, but he, we've seen what he can do. He was also and hurt I, for like seventy five percent after that trade. Yeah, he was hurt for a long time. So, but I think that he helps out with that outfield depth that we talked about. That hey, yeah. maybe Hanniger, maybe they do let Hanniger walk and they bring in Ben Nintendi to take his place. Jared Kelnick continues to have a horrible time at the plate, and Sam Haggerty is not the guy he was in 2022. You got Andrew Ben Nintendi. Yeah, no, you do, and you and there's plenty of other options as well who will probably yeah. be super hot and look great in Double A and Triple A. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so we got those four, and then let's keep going down because I let's let's wrap this up soon. Yeah. Um. So we got Gene Segura, probably never never coming back to Seattle again. Let's be honest. Um. Carlos Thank Correa. You, Carlos Correa. Um. Well, I want Gene Segura, but he probably won't come back. No. Because he got traded for JP, but I'm. I would if Carlos Correa came and knocked on the door in Seattle. I you've got to listen to him. And you know the <laughs> right? Mariners are going to talk to him and Aaron Judge. You know that they're going to have links. Oh, yeah. You know they're going to. Judge talk. is not on this list. How is Judge not on this list? I don't know. We just because we know it's just probably not going to happen. <laughs> we know Aaron Judge is going to go to the biggest market he can go to. I think Judge is going to be a Dodger. Honestly, that would not shock me. They love to sign the reigning MVPs. I know. Yep what they, they do. do they sign in yep. piece and then they go to trash um I'm just kidding freeman that's another 111 games they didn't go to trash they're moving mookie best to second base next year apparently. i saw that yeah yeah i think they're doing that because they want to bring in judge exactly anyways um no i'm on board for Correa. i i would take Correa and harpy that dude's so good i just think Correa will play second base just so that he can go and beat up the astros I know, I know it's Carlos Correa. He has a big ego. He's a good, he's a he's great. He's tall for a second baseman. He's a great shortstop. He is great at shortstop. He would look. I think he's, I think he's too tall for second base. He's got to play shortstop. Yeah, you're probably right. Especially, and, and especially now that the shift is going to be banned next year, you've got to have Carlos Correa shortstop. But then you got JP at second, and we 
I think he'd be a better second baseman. I think so too. I think it's time. I mean, he's 28. It'll be 28 next year. So, I mean, he's not old. He's still in his prime, but he's 6'2". Oh, so. 37. So, he's, <laughs> but, he's still anyway. in his prime. Yeah, so I think Correa, I would love for the Mariners to go after Correa. I would love for them to go after Aaron Judge, but it's just not going to I think Correa prices himself down to actually a get a good fit. Yeah. I don't know, because I feel like he opted out of that deal so he could go get more money somewhere else. But I feel like I feel the opposite. I feel like he compared he himself out. to Dior, Jewel. I mean, you're right, <laughs> but I feel like he opted out because he's like, okay, I tried this where I went to take the money, yeah, and yeah. it did not work out. Yeah, yeah, because Byron Buxton right. can't stay healthy to save his life. Poor guy. I feel so bad for that dude. Yeah. Okay, next on the list, we've got Jacob deGrom. I would love to have deGrom in Seattle, but I first off, I don't think it's going to happen. And second, I don't think it's needed. That, it's not needed. Yeah, that pitching staff is so built out. Like it's weird to say you don't need deGrom, but the thing that the reason I don't think you need him is because of the shoulder problem, right? Yeah. That's going to continue to linger. He's going to miss a lot of time. He's only getting older. So, yeah. Yep. Then we got Xander Bogarts, another all-star shortstop who the Mariners could bring in and move JP Crawford to second base. No, I think Xander's probably the one that plays second base. You think so? I think Xander's the one that goes and plays second base. Yeah. That would be neat. I would take it. I'd take that dude. He's got a bat, man. He's got a bat. He gets on so base. I, I would take Xander Bogarts. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Jose Abreu. If Santana. The White Sox have said they're not bringing their back, bringing him back. Jose Abreu or Carlos Santana, take your pick. I mean, ideally Santana, but Santana's if we don't cheaper. get. Santana's going to be cheaper. Well, I don't know. The Braves like 36 or 37. That's true. Braves old. They're both old. Santana's older. It's not that much older. He's my age. It's like a year older than <laughs> Abreu. <laughs> but no, I would take Abreu because Abreu's still a productive player. He can still DH. He can play a good enough first base when Ty France needs a break. But he can hit. He still hits. Yeah, he knows he the does. AL. Yeah, I don't know. I if it comes down to it between Abreu and Santana, I'm taking Santana just because he's been there and he's established in the clubhouse already. One one thousand percent. But I feel Abreu's also that same like Abreu's a baller. Yeah, he is. He, he is. Okay, MVP. let's jump down. We're gonna we're gonna skip a few here. Um, Anthony Rizzo opted out opted out of his contract with the Yankees, but it sounds like he's gonna he's gonna resign resign. Send him. Be back. Send him back. And then one that I thought was funny that we brought up while we were talking before is Araldis Chapman. That's just like a no. No one. Yeah, absolutely not. No. He, I'm curious if anybody's over. even going to sign him. The yeah, Braves. His career watch probably the, over. Watch the Braves sign him because the Braves love those guys. Uh, apparently, yeah. And somehow they um, work. One, one guy, like if the if we needed that fifth starter on the pitching staff, one guy I would love for the Mariners to sign is Shamanaya. Oh, no, I'll keep Marco. No, I would take Manaya because he dominated us yeah. for some. Yeah, I'll take Manaya over Marco years. right now. I yeah, I I'll like that dude a lot. He was really good in San Diego. He's, he's a great pitcher, man. He's really good. They did him dirty not using him in the playoffs at all. Yeah, I know. I know. They should have. And then last guy, if for no other reason for me than for humor, is Joey Gallo. Yes, give me Joey Gallo. <laughs> I do not want Joey Gallo. But he can. But remember, he played in Texas. He's played in the AL West. 
I don't care. You know? But the thing <laughs> I is, he would good. good. good when Joey Gallo hits more home runs than singles, Jules. That's fine. He plays a he's an amazing defender. He's a Gold Glove center fielder and right fielder. You don't need him. You don't need him. You don't you need don't him, need but him. heck, I don't want him. Wave a towel. <laughs> okay, if okay now, and, and speaking of Joey Gallo as a towel waver, because things fell apart in New York after they traded him, right? <laughs> like yeah. he had more home runs at one point yeah. in LA than the than the Yankees did as a team. So yeah, if you want to bring Joey Gallo in as a towel waver and a late inning pinch, but then hitter, when but then when Julio needs a day off, you still get a good defensive center fielder. You're not shipping it over. True, to he is underrated as an as Dylan a Moore or. I mean, granted, you probably will have Kelnick still, but still. You know, okay. Joey Gallo as your towel waiver, 26th man on the roster. Yes, I'm taking Joey Gallo 100% because he's not going to cost have, much. <laughs> you can have way worse guys as your 26th man. I would you're take Joey Gallo him, in that You're paying role. him a year and 5 to $10 million. Maybe Could less. Be. Yeah. Could be. And, yeah, if he wants to go stick it to the to the Rangers and stick it to the Yankees, yeah. Could you be. Know he, he can does. grow his beard back out, and apparently that's where his power comes from—is from his beard. So, dude, let yes, I am. <laughs> Would you rather have Winko or Joey Gallo? Winker or Gallo? Winker Gallo. or Gallo? Yeah. I think Gallo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, let's end with this. One thing you want to see this offseason. What's one thing you want to see this offseason, Joel? I want to see uh, Logan Gilbert and Cal Raleigh get get what they deserve. <laughs> Oh, get some money. I get they paid. they've earned it. I mean, yeah. Silver Slugger, Gold Glove finalist, Cal Raleigh, number two guy ended up being your number two guy, Logan Gilbert. And yeah. I want, I don't want any changes in the bullpen. Like I love this bullpen, and I think continuity is going to take this team super far next year. I want as much continuity as possible going into next year like Sadler's a huge upgrade coming back he's probably better than some of your free agents you're gonna get on the market this year mm -hmm. other than Edwin Diaz who's off the market now right yeah he's he's signed a new deal with the Mets so he's off the market like, yeah I would like to see the bullpen um that was one thing I did want to talk about though is that th that bullpen had a negative or this year maybe let's slow down on the Los Bomberos a little bit yeah let's yeah let's let's because things let's... really went downhill after that nickname came out <laughs> cut that let's just pump the brakes there but yeah. my one thing that i want to see is i want i just want to see you guys get healthy yeah i want to see health. everybody ready to go spring training ready to ready healthy ready to win i would love to see jared jared kelnick come back i want them the to spring, absolutely dominate to spring go. training next year they could they really like, could just dominate Definitely. spring training so, so, yeah, and and I guess the other thing too is I'd like to see him bring Hanniger back because uh, you need that guy in the clubhouse. I feel like he yeah. plays a really significant role. So Agreed. I'd like to see him come back. So, but anyway, baseball family, let us know what you think. Uh, what's one thing you want to see the Mariners do this off season? You can jump in the mailbag. There's a link in the description of every single episode, both on your podcast platform wherever you're listening, or on the YouTube's. When if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we have links in the description down there. You can jump in the mailbag and send us an email. It doesn't matter if you click on the Big Show or Seattle; they all go to me anyway, so it's not a big deal. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about it when we come back. We're going to be going into hibernation. We'll be back 
uh, when it's time for spring training. Uh, in the meantime, though, you can catch me on the big show on baseball together. We have new episodes coming out every Tuesday. We have some really cool interviews coming your way very soon that we're very excited about. And we'll have a lot of fun off season content for you. We're going to, we're all in on the world baseball classic. Cause we'll, so we'll be having that as well. Jewel, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on social, uh, ball boy media, young dad pod, both, um, something super exciting for young dad pod. We'll have, we'll be flipping script on the young dad pod and here soon brad will be on as a guest that's right yeah he'll be a guest and not hosting <laughs> i don't know if he's ready for that it might be a little weird for him but he's gonna have to take a back seat for once i think i'll be fine <laughs> um it'll be great we're excited uh, but that's where you can find me young dad pod and uh ball boy blog ball boy media all over the socials so excellent baseball family thank you so much for joining us for another fun and incredibly exciting Seattle Mariners baseball season. We will catch you, like I said, in spring training.